Psalm chapter 127. And we're going to read the entire chapter. It's only five verses. The Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now focus with me, verse 1, where the Bible said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Today my subject is to speak to you on family matters. Thank you, and you can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The context of this entire chapter is building your house. That is your family unit. And the Bible says that except the Lord build the house, you might say, except the Lord build your family, you labor in vain. God has a blueprint for building families. We have our instructions from the Word of God. But to build the family by anything besides God's blueprint is to build it in vain. We have today a culture that is far removed from God's blueprint and design for the family unit. Satan has got his claws in every facet of society for the singular purpose of destroying the family unit. Because God instituted the family for a very specific purpose and for a very specific reason. And Satan knows that the downfall of society is going to come through the downfall of of the family unit. Now as I'm preaching today, I'm preaching to many who are either suffering from or in the midst of a breakdown of your particular family. I do not bring this message today to rebuke you, but to help you. Because God knows that in a broken world, there are many situations that we find ourselves that are beyond our own control. Much of the instruction that we will give today from the Word of God is meant to be taken as applicable to your situation. And you need to understand that God has hope and healing and power to bless despite the brokenness that may currently exist in your family and in your life. But know this, 
God's blueprint is found in the Word of God. That's why, uh, that's why Satan has gone to great measures to cause our children in public schools to begin to doubt the Word of God from the very first verse in the beginning God. They want you to doubt it from the very first verse so that you won't, quit, you won't uh, give any serious thought to the rest of the passage. The devil knows that if you're thinking that the first verse is wrong, then what's to say that the rest of the verses are wrong? The devil knows that, so he plants seeds of doubt to cause this culture to doubt the viability of God's Word. But can I tell you today that you cannot get a better blueprint for building a family than from the very Word of God. After all, God is the designer of the family. And if you want to know how to fix something, you go straight to the manufacturer's blueprint. Can I get an amen? All right, now God has a blueprint, and that's what we're interested in. That's what the Bible means. Many of you have worked uh, either as contractors or subcontractors, no doubt, in your lifetime. Uh, if, if I were to hire a GC, a general contractor today, to build me a new house, I don't have that kind of money, amen, so I'm not going to literally. But if I were, we're speaking hypothetically here, if I were to hi hire a general contractor, I would hire the general contractor who would oversee the building project, but he would turn around and most likely hire subcontractors to do the actual physical labor. So which is it? Is it the subcontractor building the house or is it the general contractor building the house? By all legal definition, the sole responsibility falls on the general contractor. It doesn't matter what the subcontractor does. Can I get an amen? And this, this gives us an illustration to see this scripture from God's point of view. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So who's building it? Is it God or us? Well, the truth is God is the general contractor and he has the blueprint and the authority and he's the one responsible for the success of your family. But as a subcontractor, as you go about to build your life and build your family, if you ignore the rules and the blueprint of the general contractor for your family, then he can fire you or he can correct you. He can tell you, tear it back down and start over and this time do it the way I told you to do it and it'll stand can somebody say amen right there so the truth is we work with the Lord and we work for the Lord and we're foolish to think that we can do it any other way I mean that's where all the variants of our family ideas come to come from in our culture that's where the lgbtq community comes from uh that that's where people get the idea that you can make a family whatever you want to make a family but the devil is a liar amen uh, and when you break down the god's blueprint for the family you end up destroying culture as you know it amen uh, I want to mention quickly a conversation that I had uh, earlier this week as I met with uh, the chief of police uh, and other community leaders uh, who are formulating a plan to try to put com uh, community programs in place to help troubled youth or potentially troubled youth. And the question was raised in that meeting earlier this week, what is the common denominator 
whenever you are dealing with troubled youth, are there any things that resurface predominantly that exist in that troubled youth's life more than anything else? And there were two things that were mentioned uh, more predominantly than anything else that causes youth to go astray and get in trouble in society. The first thing was the absence of a father, and the second thing was molestation, abuse. It shocked me. The fatherless thing didn't shock me. But it shocked me at how many children who don't have the protection of their father end up being molested, end up being abused. Are you listening to what I'm saying this morning? And today we have a breakdown of the family because Satan is after the hearts and minds and lives of our children. And if we don't wake up, uh, they'll soon be destroyed by cultural whim. So I want to give you a few, thought, food, a few things as food for thought today. Number one, you need to know that the family requires protection. Look at our text again. Psalm 127, the last part of verse 1. It said, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. You see, we ask for God's protection while simultaneously rejecting His blueprint. But honey, can I tell you that it don't work that way? Amen. If you want God's blessing and God's favor on your life, you can't reject His book while simultaneously expecting Him to bless you for being a rebel and rebelling and forsaking His laws and forsaking His commandments. And when you decide to build it your way, instead of God's way you step out from under the protective umbrella of God himself and that's where America is at today as a whole we have stepped outside of God's protective blessing because we have said no to God we have thrown our fist in the face of God and said we'll do it our way and we don't want God in our public squares and we don't want God in our schoolhouses and we don't want God in our homes we don't want God in our entertainment and God's backed off and said if you want it your way then you don't deserve my protection and now we are falling up under the demise of our own devices because we have forsaken the blueprint the family requires protection it said in verse 2 it is vain for you to rise up early to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. I, I think now of uh, maybe fathers or mothers who have uh, forsaken the house of God, forsaken uh, the principle of raising their family in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Uh, and they thought that it would be better. Uh, uh, they, they, they say, after all, you only live once and they only grow up once. So on the weekend, instead of raising my family at the church, we're going to build memories at the lake house and we're going to build memories on vacation vacations and and we'll eventually get around to church but while they're young and while they're growing up I have limited time so I might as well just build memories uh, and they don't realize or understand the spiritual significance that when they pull their children away from uh, the most important influence in their life uh, which is the man of God and the word of God they are simultaneously pulling them out from the under the protection that God can offer a home uh, that decides to say as for me and my house uh, 
that we will serve the Lord. And they wonder why they can teach Johnny, uh, uh, they can tell Johnny or, G, uh, uh, they, or Jane what to do or what not to do. They, they, and they're surprised whenever they rebel. They're surprised whenever they go wrong. But let me tell you something. If you will decide to raise your family according to the Word of God, there are certain protections that God will put in place. And you can sleep at night knowing that God has you covered. But many parents, uh, breaks my heart to think about, can't go to sleep at night because they're wondering where their child is. They wring their hands. They rise up early. They stay up late. They eat the bread of sorrows because uh, what their children are doing is breaking their heart uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that just because you raise your children in church is a guarantee that they'll live right. I understand there are exceptions to that rule because everybody has their own personal will and they will give account personally to God for what they do. I'm not suggesting that if you raise them in church uh, that they're always going to end up right. But I am suggesting that you increase the chances of them living right. Amen. And you need every odd in your favor. In this culture, you don't need to leave nothing on the table for the enemy to take up. And parents eat the bread of sorrows today, but many times it's because they refuse to do it God's way. Many times it's because they've let the slithering deception of the snake called the devil slither up into their garden and say, Yea, hath God said. And, and all it takes is just a slight variation from truth. You don't really need to go to church to have church. Why? You can worship God out on the lake while you're fishing. Amen. And the devil will talk to you. All he's really trying to do is get you out from under the protective custody of God Almighty. Amen. Because if he can keep you away from the presence of God, uh, you're free game to him. He's like a wolf ready to devour you. But listen, it's important for us to understand that if we want God's protection for our family, we're going to have to make sure that our family is raised up under uh, the Word of God uh, so that they have every chance to hear the truth uh, that can transform their lives uh, and give them direction that they need for the rest of their life here on earth as as well as for eternity. Somebody say amen. Speaking of protection, let's think, for example, how foolish would it be to rip an infant from the womb prematurely because we're in a hurry to get it grown up? We wouldn't do that. But I've heard the logic, oh, if you protect your children too much, they won't know what the real world's like you got to give them a taste of the world. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like, what do they call it? The, <laughs> them shots that you take. Booster, no, what's this other word? Vaccine. So you, let me get this straight. You want to give them a, a taste of the devil to teach them how the devil works. You want to give them a taste of the world so they'll be, quote, prepared for it. You wouldn't rip a baby from the womb before it's time for it to be delivered. And neither should you throw your children out to the dogs before they're mature enough to handle it. Wake up. Do whatever you have to do. There's no such thing as overprotection if you do it by the book. There is very much a, such a thing as underprotection. We, we got criticized one time because we had standards for our children. 
that the individual that was criticizing did not have for their children. Oh, well, we live in the real world, he said. Well, I live in the real world, too, but I got my eyes open. Meanwhile, their kids today, and this was several years ago, their kids are in all kinds of trouble, and my kids are serving God. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that to say this. This book works when you work the book. Can I get an amen? Because in their most formative years, they need your protection. They need your guidance. And it's time that mamas and daddies quit apologizing, quit trying to fit the mold of the world, and do it differently. Amen? It's going to cost you some things. It's going to be challenging. It's sometimes going to be embarrassing. Sometimes you're going to have to swallow your pride. And yes, sometimes you're going to say to no, no to certain social events that you would like to participate in. But so be it if you saves your children from a lifetime of hell and heartache and an eternity in hell. Can I get an amen this morning? What happened to the daddies that will pay any price? And what happened to the mamas that will pay any price to protect their children from the whims of society? I, I make no apologies to anybody for the way that God led us to raise our kids. We made many sacrifices. My wife uh, turned down a job when we moved to Thompson, she could be working full-time and getting a full-time paycheck right now as a school teacher. But God said, this year, I want your kids at home. And so you know what we did? We let our kids stay home, and we're homeschooling them this year. Could we use the money? Why, most certainly we could. But let me tell you something. There's something more important than money. And that's the livelihood and the success of our children. I realize everybody can't do that. I'm not suggesting that you can. I'm just trying to make the point that if you will do whatever you can, amen, and quit just accepting defeat or just accepting things as they are, there's probably a whole lot more that we can all do more than what we're doing right now, amen. There's something we can all do to improve the chances of the success of our children. Family requires protection. Number two. Hold on. <laughs> Wrong button. Here we go. <laughs> the family is raised up for projection. Now look at this. Verse 3. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. I love this verse. How many times does our culture treat children like an inconvenience? How many times does our culture treat children like a disease or like a sickness? How many times do women say, my body, my choice, and discard the life within them because they look at it kind of like a cancer or something? And the Bible said that the fruit of the womb is God's reward. That thing is precious. That child is, is made in the image of God. And I don't care what the circumstances are behind your natural birth. There's a purpose for every single conception. And God has a design in mind, and they are a reward and we got to start treating our children like they're a prized possession instead of treating them like they're an inconvenience. Can I get an amen? This is such a vicious and cruel culture. Not only do we have to fight for them to survive the womb, but now we have to fight for our elderly to survive to a natural death. Because culture is so quickly to discard what is not economically advantageous. 
And we have made money our God. And, and if you'll raise money up as your God, amen, then what you, all you'll have is what money can buy, and all you'll have without is what, what money cannot buy. And I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot more to life than money. Amen. I, I thank God for the peace that surpasseth all understanding. I thank God that I have a home in heaven that's guaranteed and sure. Amen. I thank God that I have God's wisdom through this Bible. I have the Holy Spirit to guide me. I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I have a blessed family. I have a blessed wife. I have a blessed church today. Money can't buy any of that. Children are a reward. Start treating them like it. Start acting like you're glad that you received them. Well, anybody that gets a reward, anybody that gets a reward, brags on that reward, don't they? If you get a reward at work for a, a, some kind of achievement, they give you a, a reward or a trophy, well, you'll put it up on the mantle or you'll put it up on your desk and you'll make sure that it's a center conversation piece anytime you get the chance. I wonder if we started treating our children like they're the best thing that's ever happened to us, if it would change the trajectory of their life. We've got to start convincing our children that we are happy that they are here and we can't wait to help them succeed in life. Quit treating them like an inconvenience. Quit pushing them off on somebody else like you don't have time for them. And start making them believe that, you're worth, that they are worth your time and your energy and your effort. Can I get an Amen. Mm, it says, as arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Uh, it, it's liking uh, children to arrows in the hands of a mighty warrior. What does a warrior do with arrows? Well, he defeats foes. Uh, he aims for targets, and he hits those targets. Uh, and the Bible says if you raise your children right, uh, uh, amen, you can release them one day after you've raised them right, uh, and they'll hit the target, amen, uh, and they'll be blessed, and they'll be successful, and they'll defeat their enemies because you realize that they're raised up uh, for projection. That is, your, it is your responsibility to help nurture and guide them into the direction that they're supposed to go. Children are rewards, not burdens. And, the, and, and I want to say this. If you want to hit the mark for your greatest purpose, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures into your children's future and success. Because if you don't, the world will. I, I need to say this. Money is not the solution for raising your kids. For what good is your bass boat if your kids don't even want to hang around at Christmas time because they resent you so? Amen. Can I say this? Every child cares more for your presence than they do your presence. Did you catch that? They, they care more for your presence than your money, than your gifts. If we're not careful especially those of us whose language of love is giving things. We will give and give and give and give, and then we'll wonder why our children don't understand how much we love them, not realizing that their love language is not receiving gifts, but spending time in your presence. And because they didn't hear you in their love language, they think that you don't love them. It don't, you can pile up the money at their feet and give them anything they want to. But if you don't care enough for them to spend quality time with them and invest in them, you're not going to convince them of your love for them. Family matters. 
And spending time with your kids matters. I, I feel led of the Lord to share this testimony. How many of you have ever heard of uh, Dr. James Dobson? Raise your hand. Many of you in here. If you don't know who Dr. James Dobson is, uh, he started Focus on the Family decades ago. James Dobson, at the age of 16, I believe it was, if my memory serves me correctly, became a troubled youth and a, a disobedient child to his mother. His father was in ministry full-time as an evangelist. He, would, he had, uh, I think he said he was uh, booked for two solid years to speak somewhere every week. Apparently, he was very effective in communicating the gospel and in high demand. But his mother called him one day and said, uh, James is living in rebellion and I need you at home. I can't do this by myself. They said, even though he was at the peak of his ministry, he canceled every meeting and went home and got a job so he could be home with his boy. And because his father paid the price that it took to be present with his son, we, the world is now blessed with focus on the family and Dr. James Dobson, a worldwide and effective ministry ministering to families. Amen. Give God some glory for that. My, my point is this. That is, we, we can't just tell them we love them. We've got to show them we love them. Mamas, we can't just tell them we love them. We've got to show them we love them. And we've got to make some sacrifices and we've got to uh, prioritize their health and well-being. Amen. They're raised for projection. We're supposed to project them in a direction that they need to go. But how can we project them in that direction if we're not there to guide them? It seems uh, that the enemy often sees the value of the hearts and minds of our youth uh, before we do. I read just yesterday in the Epoch Times uh, that uh, this is the heading. Leaked audio reveals how California teachers recruit kids into the LGBTQ clubs. Do you want to know why the culture is after the heart and mind of your kid? Because they realize the power of the future is in and uh, gaining the allegiance of the youth. Hitler understood this. And he won whether he was right or wrong. Of course he was wrong. But he won the hearts of too many youth and wreaked havoc on the whole earth. Because he knew that the secret to uh, defeating enemies and overcoming is gaining the allegiance of the youth. And because youth are vulnerable, and because youth uh, are insecure, the wrong influences can speak louder in their lives than you. Before you know it, they're going in a different direction than what you want them to go because somebody is taking the time, the treasure, and the talent required to convince them and to influence them to go the way they want them to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I need to speak to the parents about your value uh, to your children you are the single loudest voice in your kid's life use it isn't it just amazing how satan has uh, 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 reconstructed society and how they'll spend eight hours a day away from home right while mom and daddy are going to work the kids are at a uh, generally speaking, uh, with exceptions of course, uh, a school system that has extracted God from the curriculum and, 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 and they are being uh, propagandized. 
That is, they're being instructed to think a certain way and act a certain way about family and about uh, lesbianism and, and homosexuality and transgenderism. And it's getting worse and worse as the days go by. And, and, and we wonder why uh, they have eight hours a day with them, give or take, uh, and, and why we can't influence them to make good choices because uh, uh, by the time we get home, we're so exhausted and wore out, we might want to pop a movie in and then go to bed. And we spend very little time speaking life into our children. Am I, am I right where we're at today? Uh, I understand that women have rights, and don't take this the wrong way, ladies. But we made a mistake when we thought that the state could raise the kids better than mama could at home. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, we thought, that, we thought that the school can raise the kids, mama can go get a job, and everybody will be happier for it. But there ain't not a single soul on this planet that love your kids and have a vet, more vested interest in their success and well-being than mama. Unless there's something wrong with her. Unless she's been misguided and in darkness. Amen. My point is, are you willing to do what it takes to be the single loudest an influential voice in your children's lives. And some of you might need to make an intervention. You might be tinkering on the edge of family disaster. God may be speaking to you in this very moment to take extreme measures to intervene in your family to spare a lot of trouble down the road. Amen. I want to speak to the children now. Think of how valuable you are. If, if you're under 18 and if you're still living at home, I want to speak to you for a minute. Think about how valuable you are. That every single power on earth that has any power and control is seeking your allegiance. You must be a whole lot more important than you realize. You must be a whole lot more influential and powerful and have more potential than you can even see for yourself. For the powers that be to want to, to, to gain your allegiance. Amen. To, to influence you to think like them and to do their bidding. Because they know that the only way to defeat culture and to control culture is to control your mind. That's how powerful you are as an individual. And you need to realize that because the devil has lied to a lot of you, made you think that you're worthless, hopeless, and helpless, and your life ain't even worth living. But the devil is a liar. God created you in the likeness of his image. Amen. And, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are significant, and you are important, and you are powerful, and God has a purpose for you. And I want to tell you that you're so important that all the powers uh, have a bid up for your soul, and you don't need to sell your soul short. Amen. Uh, you need to sell your soul out to Jesus and let let the one who has all power in heaven and in earth be the loudest voice and influencer in your life. Never believe the devil. You have a birthright. That is, God has a specific plan and purpose that, for which you were born. That is your birthright. 
And the devil wants to distract you. The devil wants to guide you the wrong direction. The devil wants you to get to doing anything but getting close to God, getting close to His Word, and finding out from your Creator why He put you here. Because you are that important and that significant and that powerful when the Word of God illuminates your heart and mind and opens your eyes to why He put you here. The devil is trying his best just to keep you from finding out how powerful you are with Him on your side. Amen. But I'm here to tell you right now uh, that if you'll give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, uh, there's not a demon in hell that can stop God's purpose and God's plan so long as you live in faith and obedience to His Word. The family is raised up for projection. And some of you need to buy into God's vision for your life. Uh, Maybe you're a youth that has been spoken ill of by your own parents. They have spoken death into your spirit by saying you'll never amount to anything. or They always have something negative to say about what you did wrong, but they never point out any of the things that you've done right, and you never get affirmation. Let me, let me tell you something. When your father and your mother forsake you, the Bible says that the Lord will take you up. God knows what you're capable of. God knows what He can do with you, for you, and through you. And you are not a waste. And you are not an accident. Amen. There is a sovereign and divine purpose for you. And the devil's trying his best to, to whisper in your ear, even maybe at this very moment, trying to get you to shut out this gospel message. Because if you ever hear what God has planned for you, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered in the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for him that love him. But he has revealed them to us by his spirit and the devil is trying to keep you from being uh, receiving the revelation from the spirit of God of why God has you here Uh, but let me tell you today uh, God has a whole lot more going on for you than the devil ever thought about having going on for you because he said I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly whereas the thief the devil has come to steal kill and destroy in that order He'll steal from you to weaken you. Mm-hmm. He'll steal your vision of hope. He'll steal your happiness. He'll steal any self-respect or dignity. He'll steal your ambition. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Once he weakens you, then he'll kill you. And the devil ain't just happy to put you in the grave. He wants to completely destroy any evidence of your existence so that nobody else can be influenced by what God had planned for your life. Family matters. And he setteth the solitary in families. Did you hear that? You may feel lonely. You may feel isolated. You may feel like that for all practical purposes... You don't really have a family that you can count on or that loves you. But let me tell you something. The family of God is interested in you. Amen, church. So the family is raised up for projection. And then I want to close with this one. The family is resilient through its progenitors. Can I, can I say it this way? If our children fail then we have failed. 
success, the cycle of success is not complete until we help the next generation succeed. Amen. The cycle of success is not complete. So what if you've built a fine and impressive career if your kids go to hell? I've prayed for many years as a minister, God, don't let me get so caught up in winning the world that I lose my own family. That's why when I took this church and the church readily agreed with me, I said, God first, family second church third and I'll drop an engagement with any of you or this church in a heartbeat for the sake of my family because I'm called to minister to them first that's just God's order don't take that personally don't get offended by it it's just the way it is I'll hurt your feelings over my kids not apologize for it amen that's right and you need to have the same attitude about your family that's right the family is resilient only through its progenitor success. Only through the success of those descendants, our children and our grandchildren. We're not done until they're successful. That's why I want to stop for a minute and ask, where are all the kids? Is that too sore a subject to bring up this morning? In a church with 50 plus people, wild, why don't we have more children around? Well, I just say this way, we got work to do, don't we? We've got work to do. And maybe it starts with spending more time with them. Maybe it starts with reprioritizing our life so that we model and don't just preach, but actually model kingdom first mentality. Because it's easy to say, if I were to ask every one of you what your priority list is, God first, you'd probably use mine. God first, family second, church third. Right? We say that, but when you look at our weekly and monthly and yearly activities on our calendar and where we put most of our time and money, how does our priority list translate in practicality? A lot of times God and church are last on the list. Amen. But their success is contingent upon our willingness to invest in them and to do what it takes to raise them right. Because children raised right will obtain and maintain victory over the enemies. Look at verse number 5. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. That, that is, when you raise your children right, they'll obtain and maintain victory over their enemies. They will be courageous. They will be strong. They will be successful. Because we did it by God's blueprint. Amen? So I want to try to bring this to a close by now addressing your attention to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4. And if you can't read that, if it's too small, it's Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 14 in the Bible. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Oh, let me stop right here. This is context. The context is Nehemiah re rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Wall, the, the walls lay in rubble, right? And God gave him a vision to rebuild. 
And listen, God's put this church here to rebuild the foundation of civilization, which is the family unit through the hope of the gospel. Can I get an amen? And, and I want you to see the parallel here. He said, be not ye afraid of them. Who? Be not ye afraid of those that are running their mouth saying it can't get done. Th- those that are threatening to destroy what you build. Amen. There's all kinds of naysayers that says, well, that's good preaching, preacher, except it's not practical. Today. You, you can't really expect to raise children right and they end up living for God today. You better bet your bottom dollar I believe you can do that. And you can do it well under the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? It is not only possible, it's probable when you do it by the book. Amen. Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. You see, this is bigger than us. Amen. The Bible says to fight for your family. Amen. Mm, Verse 15. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us. That is, they heard what the enemy was saying. And the enemy knew that they was on to him. And God had brought their counsel to naught. That is, God didn't allow the, the lies of the enemy to stop God's people from doing what God said they could and should do. It said that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And that's where God's calling us today as a church, uh, is to return to the work of rebuilding the walls of protection around the family unit. Because if we can't, uh, if we can't salvage our families, uh, then there's no use in trying to salvage the church. Uh, because God instituted the family before he instituted the church. Uh, and the church is supposed to be made up of families uh, that are sold out to Jesus. Uh, so God help us uh, to win our families to the Lord today. God's saying, return. This is a revival. Getting back to what we're supposed to be doing. Do you need to return? Have you abandoned your post? Have you left the mission of doing the work of fighting for your children and fighting for your family, fighting for your sons and daughters and your wives and your houses? I'm telling you, Church of the Living God, it's time for us to stand up and fight for what is rightfully ours. Amen. I, 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 I want to give the devil a hard time. Amen. If he comes prowling around my house, I want him to regret the day that he ever picked on the household. I'm not going to let my kids go down without a fight. I'm not going to let you as a church go down without a fight. Uh, And I'm not relying on Gary Caudle's strength. I've learned better than that. Uh, But so help me God to rise up under the unction of the Holy Ghost uh, and fight for my children until at last I win the battle. We've cried too many tears. We've traveled too many miles. We've sacrificed way too much. Uh, towards uh, the, towards the, uh, uh, the, my children coming into adulthood for, to just uh, let them go and now do whatever they please without being an influence in their lives. So if at the age of 18 or 19 or 20 or 21 or 22 or 35 or 45, if God lets me live that wrong, long, if I see them headed in the wrong direction, I'm going to speak up as their father and I'm still going to say, hey, you need to watch what you do, and 
you're asking for trouble. I don't care if they are adults. You're their daddy. You're their mama. Be that light. Be that influence. Can I get an amen, church? That's right. Give God some glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. One more verse. Nehemiah 6, 3. This is where I want to land it. And I sent messengers unto them. Let me give you context here. This was after they built the wall. The enemy's mad as a hornet because they did what they said they couldn't do. Mad as a hornet. So now they're all conniving all kinds of ways and telling all kinds of lies, trying to get Nehemiah to come meet them somewhere else because they intended him evil. They're trying to plot to do him harm. Of course, God, the Holy Spirit, gives Nehemiah the discernment to understand they, just, they, ain't, they ain't up to any good. Just pay them no mind. Send them back word. Says, I, 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 I'm too busy right now. I can't talk to you. And that's, by the way, that's what you need to tell some of them people that, that are wanting more influence in your children's lives than what they have a right to. You need to call them up and say, hey, we're busy. Quit calling. Click. Hang up. Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You need to take charge of your children's well-being. We are doing Look what the Scripture says. I sent messages unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? He's saying that this work of fighting for my brothers and my sisters and my wives and my sons and my daughters, this is a great work. And why would I stop this great work entertain my enemy why would i stop doing the most important work of my life uh, to do something different amen uh, and i want to ask where are the parents today why have we abandoned our post why have we ceased to do the single most important job that god has given us uh, which is to raise our children and grandchildren in the nurture and in the admonition of the lord uh, may god help us amen uh, to get back to our post and do what god's called us to do because family matters. Family matters when the teenager thinks that they're smarter than you. Amen. Family matters when they want to buck the system. They need somebody to be willing to say, Hey, boy, you better straighten up or I'll straighten you up. Amen. Can I say it this way? God did not put my teenagers in my life for me to be best buddies with them. I am their father first. Amen. And I make no bones about that. Oh, sure, we cut up and laugh and we have a good time. But you know what? They have, I've earned and gained their respect because I've tried to be consistent. They know what I expect of them to the degree that I seldom... I can't remember the last time I gave him a good belt whooping. Amen. Praise God. I'm giving my personal testimony because it's the easiest reference point for me. I'm just saying the Bible works. And I'm not talking about abuse. Somebody's going to go and report me. That preacher beats on his kids. Please. Amen. Proper discipline, proper in its proper context, with the right spirit and the right attitude, will do more for your kid than trying to get on their good side. What they really want from you is leadership. 
a backbone. Amen. I love my clapper over here. Praise God. Amen. What they really want is consistency. Don't be afraid to say no frequently. I'll make them mad and drive them away from me. Let me me help you with that. And we'll be through when the Holy Ghost says stop. (laughs) I'd rather make them mad now and glad later than make them quote-unquote happy today and miserable for the rest of their life. Amen. Amen. So yeah, I will inconvenience them from time to time. I will say no from time to time because daddy under the direction of the word of God and the spirit of God knows best. Amen. I think one of the reasons though that families have fallen apart is because even the parents today haven't grown up yet. You got to grow up first. You can't command their respect if you're not living respectable. Oh, it's getting awful quiet now. I done preached on to, uh, preached to everybody in the house. You got to be respectable. I'll never forget when we uh, started. You know, we had Elijah. And he was one uh, one and a half, two years old, and you know, it don't take him long to start acting rebellious. Amen. The slightest little things, you know. Uh, snapping your fingers, say you better drop that. And instead of dropping it, they take off and run with it. <laughs> and it could be a knife. Right? It could be something that they wasn't supposed to get their hands on. And I learned this. You, you don't even have to be extremely harsh with them. But just a little sting on the hand. No. Consistently, every time they do wrong, no, no. It got to where all I had to do is snap my finger and they'd stop dead in their tracks. <laughs> Amen. And it wasn't because I harmed them. It was because I let, raised the level of expectation. And we've got to be willing to do what it takes to draw healthy boundaries for our kids. Amen. And stick by the boundaries. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't say yes today and no tomorrow. You've lost their respect. That's why you've got to be firm. When you set a boundary, you've got to hold to it. And if there's a reason down the road you've got to change it, then have a sit down and talk to them and just talk it out and explain to them why it was different then than it is now and be logical with them. Amen. Be willing to have a conversation with them. Amen. Uh, children are reasonable if, if you are consistent. I wish I had time to really preach this. Family matters. And what we've got to do is get back to this. Why should the work cease? And, and some people have given up on a healthy family structure. You just throw your hands up and say, I've tried. I'm no good at it. I quit. And while you're quitting, it's getting worse. And sometimes you've got to stand up and do what it takes. And there might be a fight at first. But if you'll stand your ground 
And if you'll consistently love them like Christ loved the church, can I get an amen? You will find that in the long run, you will have one of the most rewarding relationships with your kids than you ever thought possible because you did it the way the Bible says do it. So I want to close with these words. We have work to do.